institutional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but they contain the entire periodic table. Mm. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Just remember, this one big thing about media. Stupid is as stupid does, and they do stupid well. <laughs> Life lessons for our faith that we can actually use probably won't if we sit on our blessed assurance. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Well, my village called, and they actually don't want their idiot back. Wait a minute. Does that mean I'm the idiot? Wait, wait, wait. And then also Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Wow, that's a long time. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. And we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. You know, the questions we have to ask ourselves like, why are we so performance-oriented? Hmm. Excellent question. Here's the bottom line. If you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness. We want you to be able to reach out to us. That's part of the fun. It's part of the fellowship. It's part of our faith. Bottom line is you can reach out to us by phone, by text, by email. You can run right by the radio station and wave. You can use uh, roller skates and skate right by the station and wave. You can do all those things, but really to reach us, you're going to have to do one of these things. You're going to have to reach us by phone. Let's start with that one. You call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, you'll be talking to Mighty Gabriel. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like being bumped. Now follow this. Being bumped from coach to first class. And then you will fly. There you go. Just remember this. I thought all that stuff was funny in the beginning. That's really what counts. Also, you can text us 214-210-8483 during the show. That's 214-210-8483. We always do it a little slower because we want to make sure we help the people that need it slower. And sometimes I do it too fast. I recognize. 214-210-8483. Eight four eight three. Additionally, you can email us during the show, David at he must org. That's David 
at hemustincrease.org. Now, maybe you have a praise report, something that the Lord is working on in your life, and it's awesome. Maybe you have a praise report in faith, something that's going on in your life, and you believe that the Lord is going to bring it about, and you just want to share that, almost like a praise prayer kind of thing. Maybe you've got just a prayer request. You got something going on. It's like, there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm really blessed. We did pray for John and his wife yesterday, and I know that uh, they heard that and reached out to me, and I'm really blessed by that and expect the audience to keep praying for them and to keep blessing them through prayer, joining in their struggle through prayer. And so these are the things that we do as a fellowship. We don't do everything perfect. I'm not your pastor. I'm your either your big brother, your brother, or your little brother, depending on how old you are and how old you are in the faith. But no matter what, whether I'm regular, big, or little brother, I'm the annoying brother. Never forget that. That's the big thing. Here's the other thing I want you to be able to do. I want you to be able to go over to the website. It's very important. We did a review today on the new website. Now, understand, the new website is a little bit more professional because my son is the one who created it versus me just throwing a bunch of colors and everything together. So this is kind of like laid out like almost like pro style. And the reason that's important is because he's starting his business and he's charging people, I think it's 57 bucks a month, no startup fees, no anything. So if you've got a ministry and you're thinking, yeah, I want to get this going, he can help you set that up. If you got a business you want to try, this is a great time to do it. $57 a month, no cancellation fees. That's what the cost is. And he's using our site as kind of the, take a look at it. You will see it, I think on Friday is when it will be released. So get, get ready. I'm excited about that. In the meantime, we still need you to go to the website, and when you get there, take a deep breath. There's a lot of stuff, audio, there's video, there's even, I think, I don't know if we still have on there the plans to create the Death Star or not. I can't remember, but... Outside of that is an opportunity for you to give to the ministry. We could use it. We would appreciate it. If we're blessing you, help us in that capacity. If you can't give, no stress, no worry, no guilt, just commit to pray. That is what I would ask of you. If you can't give $60, which we said before, give 60 seconds. That's how we kind of feel about it. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Org. Prayer request? HeMustIncrease.org Praise report? HeMustIncrease.org Looking to give to this ministry? HeMustIncrease.org Confused by what's happening right now? HeMustIncrease.org HeMustIncrease.org Yeah, I, I feel in my heart that that's rollerblading. <laughs> that's, I'm going with that. Okay, all right. Let me just say right now, Gabriel... Perfect. Perfect. Great job. Uh, uh, like I said, some changes are coming. We're doing some weird stuff. I don't know. I don't know if it'll work or not. We'll do our best. We'll do our best. We'll pray that it's blessed. And we'll ask the Lord humbly just to take care of the rest. That's how we're going to do it. We are going to be praying for the audience. And I'd like to pray for the audience right now, if that's okay. Oh, great. Thank you for letting me do that. We're going to pray for the audience for confidence. Did what? Well, I know that sounds silly, but see, sometimes we get into our situations and we lose some of our confidence. And we should be the most confident people, not arrogant people, but the most confident people because of who is on our side. 
So let's just pray that for the audience, and then we'll get into the teaching. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now, and I thank you for every one of these people that can hear my voice. I ask you to bless and encourage them. They are a blessing just by praying for us, supporting us. We love it, Lord. It's awesome. But I'm asking you to fill into their hearts, into their minds, confidence that comes with being connected to you. There's times, Lord, where my confidence gets so high, I I step out of it and get into my own arrogance. And I acknowledge that. That's not what we're looking for. I'm, I'm asking you that those moments where you fill me and I'm fully confident because you are with me, that's the thing that we see operating in the audience. That you are with them and that they know you are with them. And regardless of what the mountain is, they know you are greater than the mountain. Please fill our audience with a righteous confidence that honors you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so we'll run maybe two minutes late, three minutes late. We're going to finish off on Psalm 22 uh, today. We were going to do that last week, but then the entire show was interrupted. Not interrupted, but altered. Let's say altered for prayer. Now I want to go back to what we were going to teach on because you don't want to miss that. Here we are in Psalm 22 and in verse 26, it says this, the poor shall eat and be satisfied and those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nations shall worship before him, before you, for the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over every nation. A couple things I want to say about this because the next two things that come up are really powerful, but it's that all the world will remember, all the world will worship. It is an amazing element that in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 10, this being a messianic psalm, we see this as fulfilled in the early stages of Revelation. This is a great witness for premillennialism. It's not to, to the exclusion of postmillennialism. It's not to exclusion of millennialism. It's just a great witness for premillennialism. And for premillennialists, you should appreciate this. It says, all the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. God, sounds like the millennium right there. And all the families of the nation shall worship before you, for the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over every nation. Like that sounds right there. Perfect. Great. Regardless of what your eschatological position is, Everybody is going to worship. At some point, there is no option. This is not going to become an option. Everybody will worship at some point. Is that going to happen before the return of the Lord, before the second coming? It doesn't look like it. (laughs) From what we can tell, there's a whole bunch of people that really don't like the Lord. And the truth of the matter is, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, it's a very wide road to destruction and a very narrow path to life. We've had this discussion before. I'm sure we'll have it again. Does that mean, Dave, that more people are going to go to hell than go to heaven? Yes. That's exactly what it means. Well, isn't that like the way that doesn't God lose? It's not about the numbers. It's never been about the numbers. It would never be about the numbers. And no, he who dies with the most toys doesn't win. It's about who's going to spend eternity with God. That's what it's about. And it's like, ooh. And the Lord will reign and all the people shall acknowledge it. 
And we're going to find out when we take our break and come back. Even those who don't want to acknowledge it are still going to acknowledge it. So you can either do it now and smile or do it later and cry about it. Yeah, that's the way it is. All right, folks, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. It may be false, but it feels the same. So I punish myself, I go down to the jail of my soul. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? What the issue is, is this guy hears the gospel from Philip... And in that presentation of the gospel is baptism. That is not, not negotiable in the sense that there's no way you can remove that. And he responds by saying, I want to be part of this family. I want to be connected to this. I hear the good news. I want the grace and the mercy. I want to do whatever it takes to show my response, not just to you, Philip, but to the entire world. I'm a Christian. And that's what baptism does. And while I think it's dangerous to say, if you're not, you can never get in, because I don't believe that's correct, I also think it's dangerous to say, nobody needs to do it. That's incorrect, too. Your baptism is an open proclamation of an inward work. Don't you ever forget, the Lord requires that. If you've never been baptized, get baptized. Don't, don't, oh, we're going to do it right this way. Arrange to get baptized. That's it. If you've never done it, you should do it because it's a declaration of your faith. That's the response to the gospel. You're saying by identifying going down and up in baptism, the end of you, the beginning of him in you. Okay. That just seems like it doesn't even seem like that's complex. I think everybody should just go. Yeah. Okay. Got it.
Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. You better be ready because I'm really feeling it. It's, uh, you know, it's not just, I just want to make sure you understand that. We'll get to this. It's not just K double amen. This is where you really need to understand it. It's K double amen. Amen. Get it? Okay. Here's your first trivia question. In Matthew 13, who are the harvesters at the end of the age? In Matthew 13, so there's the address for you. Who are the harvesters at the end of the age? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Additionally, you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. We will. Somebody's calling in. That's nice. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take that call. Okay, so we're going to bring them on over. But before I bring them over, I'm going to try and, and I'm going to do something. This is nobody's fault but mine. Okay. So I'm going to try and do something a little different. I'm going to ask Gabriel to do something that I don't normally do. So you're going to have to be patient as I try and welcome in this. Before we bring that person on, Gabriel, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to do the DNA. If that's okay. So can we, are you able to do that? Yep. Okay. See, we're just trying and expanding and everything's fun. Here we go. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. How often? Daily. Daily, 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 daily. I do like the every day that ends with why. That's just funny. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 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 never. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which means, guess what? It's not all about us. It's the hardest thing for Christians to remember on an everyday basis. It's hard to remember. Hey, there's other people. They count too. That's important. Exactly. And being sensitive to the Lord and a vessel and a vehicle of his blessing, his grace, his truth, his wisdom, uh, that's an important part of living. And that's what Jesus wants from us. Okay. Got that done. Excellent job. Now we're going to send the person over who is calling in for the trivia. So go ahead and send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Thank you, David. This is Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my good brother? I'm blessed and highly favored. Two good, two of my favorite words. <laughs> blessed and highly favored. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. I don't know if you had the chance to hear that yesterday, but there's a new little clip with you in it. Uh, and it's kind of a cool one, so I hope you like it. And if you don't like it, it doesn't matter. I'll probably still play it. But it's one of those cool ones where you answer one of the trivia questions and share your heart. So I love it, and I just want you to know how much we appreciate you. Well, that's great, and you do anything you want to. I trust you with my soul, my life, and spirit in Christ Jesus. I appreciate that, brother. All right, this is a biggie because I've gotten like nine answers, and I've gotten like only six right, which is like, wow. In Matthew 13, who are the harvesters at the end of the age in Matthew 13? Well, I remember them as angels. That is correct, sir! You are right! 
Right. That is exactly it. So that was a story that Jesus is telling, and people are like, well, is that going to be literal? Is that going to be – I think everybody's missing the point, but that's okay. It's all right if you want to get into that technicality. It's not an issue. I don't have a problem with it. Bottom line is it's the angels of the harvesters. Yay! <laughs> you did a great job of teaching. I, there's very few, I, I always listen to other uh, men of, of God, and uh, I, I listen to, uh, really to, for the errors. I know really it is a guy. I mean, I, I just uh, I listen for you know where they're going with their messages. And stuff. But you know, one thing I want to say about the baptism, I think the words that's really key uh, why we do the baptism is uh, what you said plus uh, what Jesus said to fulfill all righteousness. You know, I just think that's really a key words there, fulfill all righteousness. Exactly. In two weeks from today, I'm actually doing the sermony part, the last hour on baptism. I'm going to cover the three major views and, and what they represent and where the people, you know, where they kind of land to. So that should be a lot of fun, too. That sounds good. I we appreciate the teachings. Thank you very much. All right. God bless you, my brother. You too, my friends. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. Always, always a blessing to hear from our brother Ace. Always, right? All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, so listen to this. So now I did teach a little bit on this little section here in Psalm 22. I'm going to finish off the psalm, and, and I'm going to say something, and I don't want anybody, don't get offended when you hear something that's like, well, I don't think that's how I see it. It's like, that's cool. Like If this was an issue of fellowship, it'd be a whole different story. It's not, so let's just look at what it says in Psalm 22. Right after we finished that little part where I told you, that's really good for a premillennial witness. That's good because everybody's going to remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nation shall worship before him. Uh, the kingdom is the Lord's. He rules over every nation. Now we go to verse 29. Okay, because it doesn't just stop there. We go to verse 29. And all the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship, and those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even those who cannot keep himself alive. So when it says all who go down to the dust, amazingly, this is a reference point. Remember, it's a messianic psalm to Philippians 2, 9 through 11, which says, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so when it says in the text, all the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship, and those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, that's a direct connection to Philippians 2, 9 through 11, which says, guess what? Everybody's going to be worshiping, even those who are smiling and those who are crying. Everybody is going to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. To be super duper eschatologically honest, that's a nice witness for post-millennialists. <laughs> Sorry, that's just what it is, right? Now, here's the hilarious part. This is what I want you guys to get. Ready? The very last verse in the psalm says this, they will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will yet be born. Guess what? Amazingly, in this Messianic psalm, that's a perfect fulfillment of the symbolism of the book of Revelation, which is a good witness for all millennialism. In one text, in four verses, three different eschatologies could be represented. What does that mean? It means that you read the text and you listen to what God says and you receive what God says and you don't try and stick it in your theology. You try and stick it in your connection between you and God. And that's the key. And the key verse is missed by all three eschatologies. And it says this, even he who cannot keep himself alive. That has nothing to do with amillennialism, premillennialism, or postmillennialism. That has to do with humanity and breathing. We cannot keep ourselves alive. 
only God can sustain us past the duration of our body's clock. <laughs> it's just like, see, you know, why it's funny or why I'm laughing or why I'm smiling hugely, hugely, is because verse 27 and 8 are kind of like premillennial. Verse 29, the last half, is kind of like uh, postmillennial. Verse 30 is all, 31 is all millennial. And right in between all three of them is the thing that says, yeah, it really doesn't matter because uh, he, this is really a reference to those who cannot keep themselves alive. Amazingly, eschatologically and in regular life, this is everybody. You can't keep yourself alive. I can't keep me alive. I can't keep you alive. Nobody can keep anybody alive except for God. He can keep us alive. And that's why it makes reference to those who go down into the dust that they will still worship. They will still acknowledge. Didn't you ever wonder, well, how is it that somebody's going to die? They don't accept Jesus. They're, they're in complete rebellion. You know they're going to hell. Well, how is it they're going to acknowledge him? Oh, they're going to acknowledge him one way or another. They might do it grudgingly. They might doing it biting their tongues, so to speak, but they're doing it. And it doesn't matter whether it's in heaven. It doesn't matter whether it's in hell. It doesn't matter whether it's oh, no, 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 no. You have to understand. There is only one in charge, and that is Jesus. And everybody will acknowledge him either now or later. And there is no change. So what's important about the end of this psalm is I find this to be just extraordinary. It's a messianic psalm talking about the first and second return of Christ. Within this psalm, it identifies Jesus Christ probably more than any other psalm, even more than Isaiah 53. And it gives you a couple of different glimpses of eschatology. And then it says the most important thing. This is for all the people that cannot keep themselves alive. Guess what? When your body clock goes, you cannot keep yourself alive. I guess then this applies. Applies to everybody everywhere. Only God can do that. And one way or another, we will worship. If you now worship the Lord and it puts a smile on your face, your future is mighty bright. Can you say amen? We'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. My life, it feels like I've been running, running and running and running. My life, what is the David Spoon experience? Isaiah chapter 63, verse 8 through 9 says this. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. 
So uh, I want to make sure you understand. We've talked about this before. You've heard some of my testimony. If you want to really get a better handle on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle. And then otherwise it's like seven bucks or something. That's not very much. Uh, It's kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church. Right. That's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, he said, surely they are my people's sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he, too, was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put himself or placed himself. He's not incomplete without us in the in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus, and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now, you just have to imagine, you're on a donkey, bammo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground, and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake-up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say? Saul say, he says, who are you? <laughs> right? Cause this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. 